It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, May 13th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is really wondering, do the Flyers actually have a plan? Hmm. I wonder. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. Keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to talk about that Flyers plan. Does it exist? How should they market themselves? You know, what are the details here? Do we know anything? And what would we do as far as trying to get the Flyers headed in the right direction? You can find Lockdown Flyers anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. All right, Russ, so that is the big question for the Flyers, right? What is the plan here? And, you know, from Chuck Fletcher, when he had his end of season press conference, they did suggest that they had a to-do list, including writing a job description for this coach, Mm -hmm. doing their draft prep. They were going to evaluate the medical and training staff team. Uh, Was there anything else that was like one of the big ticket items that they talked about? No, those were that, that pretty much covers everything. Um, so, did they go on vacation first, or did they do that first? I wonder. I don't know. It's been really quiet so far. So it seems like they're either on vacation or very carefully working behind the scenes and just not telling a lot of people anything. Or they're telling people stuff, but it'll come out later. We shall see. But I think that the biggest takeaway from the way Chuck Fletcher has been talking is that they have a plan to get competitive from an aggressive retool. And if we recall from that press conference that an aggressive retool to Chuck Fletcher means being aggressive in every area. So again, a little vague, Uh, gave himself good marks so far in terms of the trade deadline moves, getting Owen Tippett as part of that, doing the college signings, uh, but also mentioned as part of that getting healthier and mentioned that he was going to utilize some of the young players, you know, those college signings, and maybe, you know, some prospects would move up a little bit, and that uh, some of the younger or, you know, not the youngest, but younger players like a Travis Konechny uh, would improve to be a part of this retool. So, The plan also depends on things just sort of happening in a lot of ways. Well, I mean, most days I'm aggressively hungry, and I think that's a pretty generic statement, too. Uh, If they were truly being aggressive, they would have already had some guys in for interviews. There are coaches out there without jobs. I mean, I can't believe that there would be nobody out there who doesn't currently have a job that doesn't fit that description at this point if the description is done. So are they being aggressive? No, they're not. 
Yeah, that's, the, I think, the big missing link here, right, is that aggressive to me be, means being active. Now, maybe they are, and they're just not saying anything, and it's part of strategy or in terms of negotiation that they're working on. But I just, I don't know, I just find that hard to believe, given, like I said, that part of the plan just involves people getting healthier, players getting better on their own. And I just don't know that we can depend on that as part of a quote unquote aggressive plan. Well, honestly, you want to alert the media, however you want to do that, when certain candidates are coming through to show the fans. You do. You want to show the fans you're aggressive. Doesn't matter if they show us in the media. You want to show the fans you're aggressive. And they're not doing that. If nothing else, if they truly want Rick Tockett, like as an example, they should have already said on a TNT thing, hey, I heard the Flyers called. When are you going to talk? Like, it should have come up already. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of candidates out there already. We're going to talk more about the coaching search a little bit later in the show in, in more detail. But yeah. I think the other big issue that we're dealing with that Chuck Fletcher recognizes is the plan to deal with the cap situation. So part of his plan, again, is just sort of things happening, like existing players getting healthier, young guys on ELCs that are cheaper, and then just sort of fill in as needed. That it's not an active plan. It's a passive plan. It is. And there's not much you could do about it now. You can have your ideas about it. But um, are they 100% buying out JVR? I don't think so. I think they're still going to try and pedal him around the league because he scored those goals and say, hey, look, he scored these goals. Um, don't you want him? Well, you know, we'll eat half the salary. And when they find out that probably nobody does, um, then they may end up buying him out. So, but again, I think they're going to be going through and tracing steps that Chuck's already done before. That's the thing is that it just kind of feels like a lather, rinse, repeat situation uh -huh. here in a lot of ways. And I think to me, it also feels a lot like early in the Hextall era, right? Mm -hmm. Where they were in a cap crunch and Ron Hextall just plain as day said, yeah, we're in a terrible cap situation and we have no draft picks. So those are going to be my first steps. It's going to take a while, kids. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just appreciated that honesty. The fact that yes. it didn't work out, you know, is so, to some people attributed to the fact that he didn't get aggressive quick enough. Right. In his process. That is a common criticism, criticism. Right. Of him. But as far as what Ron Hextall did at the beginning of his tenure as GM, he was aggressive to fix those problems, whereas it just feels like Chuck Fletcher is saying he's aggressive, but is actually pretty passive. Okay, but here's aggressive. As an example, so we saw an article today, Rob Simpson, who's a buddy of mine, um, wrote an article that said, hey, um, Vancouver's trying to get Bruce Boudreaux locked up right now. If the Flyers were aggressive, wouldn't they have called him to say, hey, Bruce, come on in before you do that? Um, Let's let's talk turkey here. We like you. Now, maybe they don't like him, but if they did like him, they're certainly not going to get a shot at him because it seems like he's going to sign the next day or so. Well, let's take a look at you know, what we might do differently. So, you know, that's that's a as part of the coaching strategy. Yeah, but it, it's part of the bigger picture. Absolutely. But to me, I, I've just been thinking about this and to say you're doing more of a rebuild is not a bad thing. 
Honestly, I think it's a more honest thing. And I think fans would appreciate that level of honesty, understanding that there's a lot more work to be done than what I think he can accomplish in the strategy that he seems to be using in a year or two. If they be used the word rebuild, more fans would be happy and we would be grading this differently. That's a fact. I think so, too. And I think one of the things that was a problem in what he did in this past offseason is that not only did we lose that first round draft pick, but in the other trades, we lost two years worth of second round draft picks, which Mm -hmm. can be absolutely crucial tools in getting your team to be better. There's so many quality second round picks in the NHL and you're going to get a good player or if nothing else, just to have extra draft capital on draft day to move up in the first round. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think, you know, he dug his own hole in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. And and not only did he take big risks on that, but they didn't work out. And it doesn't seem like he's accepting that those conditions exist. Right. Right. I mean, I didn't even see a lot of quotes about the fifth overall pick, did you? Not a ton. Uh, There was the Brent Flair quote that they put out in a graphic on social media, but not much uh, else to it. I think it was kind of a a low-impact event for them, which is very, very interesting because a top-five pick is nothing to sneeze at. It's not. I mean, this was an opportunity, again, for Chuck to sort of be in front of the fans and media and say, I'm going to be very aggressive looking for something. But he didn't say that this time. So just because you said it two weeks ago, now that this pick happened and you're not talking about it, that doesn't seem aggressive to me. It, it really doesn't. And like I said, I really just feel strongly about having an approach like Hextall did in terms of rebuilding that draft pick portfolio mm-hmm. and addressing the cap issues head on, which they have not done. Uh, we have talked a little bit about the coaching search and what they have and haven't done, but we're going to talk more about that next as well as how do you compare the Flyers to other teams in the division and more about how to market the team. But first, summer is around the corner. You're going to need some food on the go because you're going to do a ton of different kinds of activities and Bilt Bars are the perfect snack to take with you. You can throw them in your bag or your kid's backpack. The best part about Bilt Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for your health. With Bilt Bar, you can have both. And have you tried their puffs yet? They come in flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. Plus, they're only 140 calories. If that's not enough flavor for you, then try a mixed box. It comes with 12 flavors of Bilt Bars and the puffs. They make sure there's something in there for everyone. All Bilt Bars and the Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. My favorite flavor, it's absolutely Cherry Barcia. You gotta try that one. Most Bilt Bars have about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Candy Bar is going to run you 240 calories, a ton of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com to get all of your favorite flavors, whether it's banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, so many more. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from all our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So Russ, looking at the Flyers compared to other teams in the division, is that a helpful exercise to be doing at all? I think it is because um, they're the ones I'm battling next year. And if I don't think I could, you know, place high in this division, then I'm essentially shooting for the wild card, which is, you know, worse odds than trying to be one of the top division teams. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thought exercise, just because sometimes I feel like the way that the Flyers are operating, they're almost in this tunnel vision vacuum, where they don't address what other teams are doing in an effective way. And especially when fans see other teams be actually aggressive, that I think there's a big difference there that the, you know, the message doesn't match what the actions are. And you look at the playoffs so far, and you can clearly see that all of the teams that are in the playoffs thus far are just at a a much higher level than the Flyers are. And that even, you know, a team like the Nashville Predators who got shut out in their series still look miles above yeah. the Philadelphia Flyers, right? Yeah, that's just realistic. Yeah, any of them, if they played the seven-game series, would lose to all of them. Exactly, exactly. And while I personally may have underestimated what the New York Rangers might be capable of, and maybe I overestimated what the New Jersey Devils had done in in the last offseason, I think that at the same time, you can't help but compare the Flyers to these other teams like the Rangers who made aggressive moves Mm -hmm. and took a step forward. Yeah, they took a step forward. Um, Even the Islanders who took a a slight step back, I think, are ahead of the Flyers. I mean, honestly, if you want to put the Flyers ahead of the Devils, I won't argue with you. I I think it's close. But Mm -hmm. I think that's where they're at. They're either the, yeah. the worst team or next to worst team. So if that makes you feel better. And Columbus has put themselves in a really good position to take yet another step forward next season. Yeah, I think they're in a better position. And that's that's a great point because um, I should have named them by name just to say that. I, I feel like they're in a better position because I feel like they do have some players coming. They have cap space. I feel like they've got their goaltending figured out now. So if Line A were to stay, and we don't know what's going to happen with that, but if he does... Yeah, they're ahead of the Flyers, too. Yeah, so it's a difficult mountain to climb, I think, for the Flyers. And so to kind of tighten that gap between where they are now and what a playoff team looks like just seems completely insurmountable Mm -hmm. in one season, given all of those conditions that we just talked about in the previous segment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's always a factor where your prospects might, you know, come through and you get two or three of them having really um, impactful years. Could that happen? Sure. All right. So you talked a little bit in the first segment about some specific coaches or specific things they could do to show Mm -hmm. that they are being aggressive in their coaching search. And it has been really glaring that the Flyers have not been in any of the rumors we've seen so far about potential hires. We've heard, like you said, Vancouver. We've heard Winnipeg. You know, we've heard some other teams in conversations as well. Why not the Flyers? Yeah, I mean, the only thing we hear is, you know, like Elliot Friedman said, I, I, I think the Flyers would be willing to back up the Brinks truck for, for Barry Trotz. Well, that's great. 
Um, but we don't hear that Barry Trotz is a real rumor. Um, just because you might pay him a million or two more a year doesn't mean that's going to get Barry Trotz to come. I think Barry Trotz will already be the highest paid coach, is going to get paid enough that he still wants to be on a, on a better team. And I think that's a key thing. So right now, just that Elliot Friedman remark is about all Flyers fans have to go on is, hey, they'll pay, they'll outbid anybody. But again, that's not necessarily going to land the guy. So how do we attract the right coach? Because to me, I think it's all the other moves that you're making, right? It is. All All of the other messaging that you're putting out there says to a potential head coach, this team has a plan. They're sticking to it. They're really positive about it. And I feel like there's a future there. Have not seen any of that. And that's what's part of the problem to me is about them kind of going behind this wall of silence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as an example, like, you know, these most of these coaches we're talking about have made good money. So just to say that you're going to, you know, pay them a top salary, that's great. But those coaches, the first thing they, they're going to do, even before they go and see you, is look at who's in your system, look at where you finished the last few years, look at what you've done, look at your players, they'll look at cap friendly. They're going to look at all of that before they even decide, do I even want to talk to these guys? And so they're going to lose some candidates right off the bat because they're going to look at it and say, eh, I don't want to wait a couple of years. I mean, that's going to happen. 100%. And this is where I get so frustrated, Russ, because I have talked time and time again about the Flyers getting creative in their hiring, which they seem to refuse to do in a lot of ways. And in coaching, I've said, let's talk to Caroline Uya and Julie Chu, who Mm -hmm. are extremely successful women's hockey coaches, but have so much experience and winning under their belts. And I think that in the Flyers situation, it would be to such a huge benefit to them, not only from a creativity perspective in terms of getting different ideas and talking to different people and maybe turning the coaching conversation on its head a little bit, even if you don't hire them. I'm not saying you 100% have to hire them, but have these conversations with non-traditional people people that may not have gotten other opportunities, they're not part of the NHL coaching carousel, just to get new ideas into your brains about how to approach coaching. And not only does that help your coaching search and help your philosophy as a whole, but it's a good marketing thing too, to say, look at who all these people we're talking to are. I think what you're saying is excellent. And I think you're right. I don't think they're thinking that way. I don't think Comcast thinks that way. I think they're just looking, you know, for a big name. But I do think if they went and got progressive and called people in and they said, yeah, I interviewed with the Flyers and this is what I thought, and then the Flyers could comment on it too, it would show the fan base something. But they're not doing that. So let's talk a little bit more about the fan base and how we need to start marketing the this team and this franchise in this off season uh, for me the messaging is a little soft the pressure is about winning it's not about revenue they're going to get all the resources they need but again they haven't really shown anything so do they have a plan in place to really show what they're doing this off season to get better i don't know i mean i know they're trying to push that 25 and under thing um, a lot of times when you want to 
show put your right foot forward in in an off season you would have your captain do stuff they don't have a captain um there is no real true step up leader where you'd say okay um yeah you know let's if on the flyers let's do a few commercials or let's do you know a webisode or something before you leave here so we can kind of get fans excited they none of that's happening or doesn't seem like it's going to happen so I think they're just going to put up faces um, of their good young players, and they're going to be like, yeah, these are our guys, and they'll add um, whoever they pick up in free agency that last minute. And I think that's their marketing. Someone will come up with a clever slogan, but I don't think... As long as it's not bring it to broad. Right. <laughs> I think it'll be an improvement. No, but you know what I mean? It's like, it's going to be incomplete. In my mind, it'll be incomplete simply because all of this is going to get done all things are connected here. And so the problem is you have to wait for this to get done to do this. And you have to wait for that to get done to do that. And you have to, so it's like, you can't really do it ahead of time. I think there's a lot they can do ahead of time. And you mentioned a little bit of it in terms of highlighting their younger players. So to me, you follow them in their off season training plans. You Could talk to them. And I think as much as we love the flyers, with its history and traditions, you can hold on to some of that by really cutting some of those ties and make it more future oriented by focusing on those young kids, you know, utilizing some of the newer core players like Cam Atkinson in your marketing and that really recognizing that those are the future of of the Philadelphia Flyers. And I don't think it alienates fans who have been around for for many many years i think it just shows them who the players are of the future without tacitly eliminating some of the marketing that they've done yeah i think you could do that early marketing for sure no question i I was more i was my brain sort of went to like the what i'm handing out for the season ticket holders right you know in a few months but you're right you can do all of that sooner you can um talk about the draft you can put up quotes about, again, other than one quote from Brent, they should have had more coming out of this draft lottery to get people excited. And they didn't. Absolutely true. All right. We have a lot more to say about the Flyers plan. We're going to talk about that in the coming weeks and months ahead. I want to talk more about this marketing stuff because I think it's going to be very, very important, especially in this offseason. But We are going to switch gears and talk about the NHL Award nominees so far and see if we agree with them to wrap up the show for the week. We'll talk about that right after we talk about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Stanley Cup playoffs, basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. We have nominees for several of the top NHL awards out there, and I think overall it's the right nominees, but we're going to get into it and see if we agree with it on the detail level. First off, 
the Hart Trophy for MVP. We've got Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Igor Shesterkin. Seems like a no-brainer to me that these are your top three. Uh, I would disagree with that. They're in my top five, like, and I did vote. Um, but I don't think Connor McDavid should be in the top three. I don't. I actually think uh, Huberto should be in that list for top three. Yeah, I think for me, him and Johnny Goudreau are the, like, just missed yes. guys that okay. I see why they're not there. But they do have a case. I think those two guys absolutely have a case. They do. I just don't think either one of them would win it. Whereas I think Austin, Connor, and Igor are guys that could be the winners. No, that's fair. I, I'm with you on that. For the Calder, we have Michael Bunting, Moritz Seider, Trevor Zegras. Love this combination of players, I gotta say. They're they're so different in what they have done this season. Yeah, it, it, I mean, again, the Calder race for the last, I want to say, five years has been ridiculous. You know, two other guys on my ballot are Anton Lundell and Matthew Boldy. But they're not in the top top three. These are the top three. I agree with that. Yeah. Nobody will argue with it. I don't think so either. And and like I said, you know, Bunting is such a great story just because of his path to the NHL. Although people are kind of making fun of him because he's older. But listen, I, Kaprizov was twenty four, right? I mean, what are you going to do? That's the thing. He fits the requirements. So what are you yep. going to do? Until right? they change it, all you could do yeah. is vote the way you vote. But again, Moritz Seider is one of my favorite young players. Oh, yeah. I just love what he can do out there. And of course, Trevor Zegras makes every time he hits the ice really exciting because is he going to try something really fun and different? Must watch hockey. Yes, exactly. All right. For the Vezina, again, I, I agree with these. Uh, Jacob Markstrom from the Flames. You say Suarez from the Predators, 100% agree there. And, of course, I think the eventual winner will be Igor Shesterkin. Yeah, I like all the picks. I think that's fair. You know Montessaro's guy, but he's earned it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I just don't think Nashville would have been there without him. No. Unquestionably. No, no. No no question. Especially him and Yossi. Forget it. There's no team after that. Um, but, yeah, you could argue Vasilevsky, I'm sure, and – and a couple others, but I, I actually think these are the three that are that have earned it. And it is nice. I have to tell you, um, players care about being nominated. And if Saros never wins a Vezina, at least you know he 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 can at least say I had a year that was Vezina worthy, and that that means something to a player. It's an achievement. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's uh, just an incredible season, and it'll be interesting to me if. The vote turns out that Shesterkin gets the Vezina, but not the heart, or he gets mm -hmm. the heart and not the Vezina. Like, is that a scenario that can I mean, work it's out? Possible? Or can he get both? I don't know. Well, he can get both. Um, we've seen goalies get both before, but it's two different voting parties, right? Because you got the Vezina, you're talking about the GMs right. and personnel, and then you're talking about the professional hockey writers for, for the heart. If it was the same voting group, I think you'd have a better chance of what you're talking about but um i still think look the odds are probably still slim that shesterkin wins both but i think just the fact that he's nominated is the right thing in the sense that how great his season was that's really that's what that accentuates it accentuates that you had an exceptional season for a goalie you've set some records here like in advanced stats that have never been set before this is your recognition of that even if you don't win it 100 percent. all right this is 
the category that I always get the most upset about because I think that the criteria isn't what it should be. But yeah. sometimes the nominees turn out good anyway. And that's the Norris Trophy for Best Defenseman. The nominees are Roman Yossi, Kale McCarr, and Victor Hedman. On the surface, cannot argue with any of them. They're all phenomenal defensemen and have made tremendous impacts for their team this season. And even like Victor Hedman, who feels like a perennial nominee, still mm-hmm. deserves it. This is not a reputational nomination for him. He absolutely proved himself this season. And so, you know, I, I try to think about other guys that could potentially sneak in there, like an Aaron Eckblad, let's say. Okay. And while I think that for me, you know, you look at points, these are your top three. But for defensemen, should you be looking at more defensive categories or defensive stats? So if you look at goal differentials while on ice, you look at minutes per game spent on the penalty kill. Those are ostensibly signs of somebody you trust defensively. And should that be a a higher criteria for a defenseman, Ekblad is better than all three of those on both of those counts. But yet I still think, well, who do you take off from this list? I don't know that you can. So it's a conundrum for me because I want it to be a more defensively oriented award, but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. Yeah, I I think there's a... It's an interesting argument. Like um, one of the guys on my list that's not in the top three is Quinn Hughes. Like he has set some franchise records this year um, for for Vancouver. His like you know shot uh, differential percentage is crazy good. Uh, he does a lot of other things just other than scoring points. You know he kind of leads the whole offense too. I, so you know you have to look at it and it's like, but like. Like you said, Victor Hedman could win every year. And I tell people that. He could. He is that dominant. But it's not the way the award is written up. So you have to take points into consideration, too. You do. Well, we'll see who wins that one. I think for me, of these awards, it's the one that I'm probably least likely to predict correctly. I think any one of them could ultimately win. All right, wrapping up with our gritty thing of the week, just a couple of things. Uh, Right after the draft lottery, Gritty posted that it was rigged uh, just to complain about the Flyers not moving up. And yeah, I think, you know, it's a typical kind of gritty thing to do. Gritty should stop whining. He he should stop whining. Enjoy your summer vacation. Yeah. And then... uh, There was a feature on ESPN.com about playoff beards that uh, Gritty was a participant in, in terms of choosing some of the best playoff beards. I think he talked about Jake Voracek or um, Scott Hartnell, actually, is one of the the main ones. So all-time playoff beards. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. Playoff beards are great. Um, Some of these guys take it too far, though. I think Joe's still got the same beard, right? And I I swear Joe Thornton says that his wife doesn't like it. So it's like, I don't know how you deal with that. I don't. (laughs) All right. Well, the playoff beers are getting longer as we get deeper into the playoffs. We will be back again on Monday. We're going to talk about how the playoffs are going so far. We're going to get 
deeper into analysis of some of our prospects, our existing players. We're going to do more draft profiles, so much good stuff coming up. So come along for the ride with us as we continue our coverage this offseason. Monday, we'll have our nemesis of the week, which is always the greatest. As a reminder, we we want to hear from you. Send us in your questions or what you want us to talk about this offseason about the Flyers via Twitter at LockdownFlyers. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked On NHL. From first round matchups to each Stanley Cup final victory, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, I co-host the Friday show. So take a listen and have a great weekend.